Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in today's solo episode, I'll be sharing tips to help you be more productive while working from home. If you're wanting to feel more motivated and get more done while working from home, then this episode is for you. So welcome to today's episode. I wanted to talk to you about productivity and working from home. So over the past two years, most of us have been working from home in some capacity with COVID regulations and lockdowns. I've actually been working from home for six years. So since I started Simply Happy, I was working part-time in my teaching job as well as running the business and having a day of admin. And slowly over the years, that has decreased that now I only work one day a fortnight uh, in teaching and just in a casual relief position. And the rest of the time I'm working with clients and one day then the other fortnight I am doing my admin And so I've got used to working from home and I find it a really productive place to work for me. I really enjoyed the quiet time and no one being around. So over the past two years, I've had to adapt because now I've had my husband working from home and also my kids doing remote learning throughout the two years. And I also have had to change my son's appointments. They would be throughout the week. And now I've scheduled them all on a Friday. So whether he's in lockdown or he's at school, it will still go ahead because I'll be there to support him if he's at home. If he's at school, his therapist will go into school to work with him. So that's one change that we've actually made over the past two years. But I wanted to share seven different things that have helped me to be more productive in my workspace that I've implemented over the six years. So we'll start with this workspace. So setting up a really beautiful space that you feel like you want to work in. One of the things I used to work at the kitchen table, it has great light. It had everything I needed. It looked out onto our backyard and I just felt like it was a really positive place to work from. We did have a spare bedroom and in that spare bedroom has a small table. It's slightly bigger now since COVID and it's got a better chair for my husband to work at. I would work there occasionally, but it's a darker room. It's quite cold as well. So to me, it's not a really productive place for me to work. I have though also now set up in my bedroom a fold-up camping table and ergonomic chair because I only use it on the weekends, on a Friday when I do my admin and occasionally throughout the week. I've also added plants all around our home. So this is to help with productivity. It makes this space also feel more inviting for everyone to work. So I've even added plants into our kids' bedrooms, as particularly my daughter who likes to work from her room when she was in remote learning. Another thing I added was some diffusers around the home. This has also just helped with adding the nice smells that might be motivating to help us work. And we've also added some Google Home devices around our home. It also means that people can play music while they're working. My husband loves using music while he's working, so does my daughter and son. I don't. I like complete silence when I'm working. Number two is about planning your day 
the night before. So when we actually plan our day and what we want to get done, it actually helps our brain to get ready for the work. There's lots of research around by writing down what you want to get done, your actual brain starts to work on those difficult tasks. So when it comes to working on them the next day, you're able to get straight into it a lot easier because your brain has processed what needs to be done throughout the night. Number three is working from a to-choose list. So it's instead of saying to-do list, it's a more positive way of stating. And I have had other episodes where I've talked about to-choose lists. And so starting with the three most important things that you want to prioritize for your day, they usually will relate to the goals that you have at the moment. So I've got at the moment about to launch the Mums Revive Retreat. So for that, there are certain aspects that I really need to get done before I launch. So the email set up, sales page needs to be finalized and new photos added from last year's retreat and all those finer details finished before I do it. So I would have those things would be down on my to-choose list. It wouldn't be posting maybe on Pinterest about organizational strategies because it probably doesn't relate to my goal right now at the moment. So prioritizing what you really want to get done that day and then you can add those other things later on. So number four runs on from number three is creating structure to your day. So using like time blocking. So I love time blocking and scheduling breaks and making sure I write down what it is I want to get done first. Like I definitely start with eating the frog first, doing the most difficult task first. I love that feeling after I've done that, that accomplishment of doing that really difficult task. It's really motivating and I'm able to then just move on to the next one really easily. So when I time block, I'm not going to put things like social media or checking social media or checking emails. They're going to be later on in the day, which don't require so much brain power for me. I'm also going to schedule my breaks because when I've scheduled my breaks, I'm not just always thinking about, oh, when should I take a break next? So it actually just gives structure to my days. You know, it's sort of like I'll do some work for like an hour and a half and then I'll have a break. I might have had a small break and go put the washing out on the line and then I'll come back and continue on the work and then I'll have like a morning tea break. I think from being a teacher for over 20 years, I am very regimented and used to having, you know, your recess break and lunch break and even a morning afternoon break. I find that quite easy to be able to break my day up into those those ways and those meal breaks. I don't probably have as long a break as maybe someone else who's worked in an office space because I'm not used to it. I'm used to going out on yard duty, having, you know, 10, 15 minutes for lunch. The other thing is to think about your body clock because it's really important to align the most important work for your body clock. So for me, I am a morning person. I'm going to be the really the most productive first thing in the morning. So that is when I'm going to be doing anything that requires a lot of writing, a lot of brain power. And then later on in the day is when I would then say, look at my emails. I might need to write something that needs a lot of detail. So I might save that email till first thing the next morning, but I'll definitely read them later on the day when I don't need brain power at all. Or if it's a really quick answer, 
uh, yes or no, then I might respond then. Also, when I'm working in the morning and using up that time that I'm really productive, that I also turn off my notifications and I turn on my phone focus function so that nothing is coming through because I will get distracted. I'll even find if I need to look up, say I'm writing some content for social media, if I look back on my phone at Instagram to get that person's um, handle, I'll be distracted straight away. Having those boundaries for yourself really helps to keep your focus. Number five is to eliminate emails and back and forward chains of messages. The person that I heard this from was Carl Newport and he writes the book, A World Without Email. But it's not about getting rid of emails. It's not about getting rid of emails completely. It's about using our emails productivity instead of just chains of messages. And so for me, I use Trello as a way of communicating with my assistant. We use that as procedures for each of the things and we'll use that for our communication. I also have a Trello board that has, it's just for myself and it has follow up. They're things that I want to discuss. So if there's a client and there's something I need to discuss with a support coordinator, I will put that in there rather than just doing a back and forward email, unless it's really, really important. I will save them up over a week or over two week period. And then I'll speak to that support coordinator, or maybe it's an occupational therapist who a few of my clients use. And then I will go through all of the things that I had to discuss about each of those different people rather than that back and forward chain of emails, which then disrupts our productivity. The other thing that we've started to use with a few clients with one of my support coordinators that I work closely with is Slack. I know that lots of businesses use it. This has been fantastic though for working with clients because we're able to then have a group of us therapists who are working with that particular client and it also helps that client not have to remember everything and relay if they're having a really difficult day relay what they done with the other therapist it's then all there in writing and all of us can then have a look on there and see what what's been said what's been done it just really helps to improve communication and know that we're all on the same page but also just reducing that overwhelm for the client as well. So having these elimination of back and forth chain messages is going to help your productivity. The reason people love to just email off the one question, and I've definitely done this myself, is because they don't want to worry about it. They don't want to forget about it, and therefore they've now passed it over and it's in your court to deal with it. I know I'll fall into this trap is when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I've got a lot on my plate. But when I use my Trello board and use my organizational system, it definitely then helps me with productivity and is also helping those other people I work with to not waste their time either. Number six is scheduling face-to-face contact. Now, obviously, when we've been in isolation or, you know, working from home can be quite a lonely place to be. And we need to make sure that we're still building connections. And so ways of building connections is through having an online call with a video is obviously ideal 
with somebody. It doesn't even have to be work related. It could be someone else who also works from home and has their own business and you're just catching up for a chat once a week so that you're still having that connection in your life. Another one could be going on a walking meeting. Maybe it's a lunch break with somebody else that's not even work related. It's just going for a lunch walk together. Maybe even just visiting your local coffee shop or local grocer's to purchase something and have one conversation with someone that day. I know my husband uses that a lot. He goes to the same coffee shop and has that connection with the people there that know his name. Number seven is create a shutdown ritual. When we have a shutdown ritual, our body then realizes, okay, it's the end of the day. It's time to stop what we're doing and actually then get ready for whatever else we've got, making dinner, catching up with our family. Maybe it's going out to do some sport or leisure activities ourselves. Our brain loves predictability. And so by having a shutdown ritual, we're helping to prepare our brain and know that it's time to stop. It's time to slow down and move from work into our own time. So some shutdown rituals, which I do, is cleaning up my desk. Obviously, if I'm working in the bedroom, I'll fold up my desk and I'll put the chair away and put my laptop on charge and put any papers or books I might have had out, return like glasses or cups if I've had a cup of tea next to me, close maybe the curtains in that room is an idea, turn off lights. Maybe it's even on a Friday, which is one of the things I want to start doing this year, is making sure that I actually shut down the computer, not just close it, but shut it down so that it can restart itself and back it up, back up anything that I need backing up. Maybe it's then going out of the room and having a cup of tea, or maybe it's watering the plants around you. Just having some things that you do that then's telling your brain, okay, it's the end of the day. It's time to stop thinking about work now. So I'll just recap on all seven of those. So number one was setting up a workstation. So an area where you're going to be able to work. Number two was plan your day the night before. So writing down those three things that you'd like to get done or the tasks that you'd like to get done. Number three was actually writing those three things down on a to-choose list. Number four was creating structure to your day. So looking at when you're going to do things and be using your most productive time of the day, depending on your body clock, to work out the best structure. Number five was eliminate emails and back and forward chains of messages. So what other systems can you use? Could you have some sort of place where you could write down things to discuss and keep them all together? Or could you even plan a regular meeting with that group of people? And that's when you share those ideas. Number six was schedule face-to-face contact. How can you build connection within the people around you or out in the local community? Number seven was creating a shutdown ritual. Things that you're going to do to signal to your brain that it's the end of your workday. I hope by sharing these tips that I use when working from home can help you to be more motivated. Thanks for joining me for today's solo episode. I would love if you could leave a review if you've loved this episode and there's some tips that you're going to implement in your life.
Thanks again for listening to Simply Happy Conversations. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like to reduce your paper and digital clutter and free yourself from the overwhelm of clutter so that you can claim back time and space to enjoy the things you love, head over to simplyhappy.com.au in the resource section and grab the declutter checklist and start to reduce your clutter even with small amounts of time. Mm-hmm.